0: Welcome to Encompass Church Podcast. We are so glad you've joined us today. To share your story of what God has been doing in you and through you, take a moment to email us at amen at encompass.org.au. Enjoy today's message. You made see that God bless you. You know, um, I think I was in the staff meeting and I said, when people say nice things about you you know you're not supposed to get proud or anything so not sure what you're supposed to do so are you supposed to go like this or you (laughs) suppose i'm not too sure but i do appreciate the honor that that is shown and and, uh it's been my absolute privilege well this is uh uh the king's weekend amen yeah long live the king amen (laughs) We still get to have a, a holiday, and, and um, you know, the Bible says we need to pray for our, for our leaders. We need to pray for those in government, and we'll continue to do that. And uh, Lois is not with me today. She's actually preaching at, at Doreen, so I'm sure they're going to be blessed there. But how good was last week? Pastor Jason preached a ripper. Come on, put our hands together. He's doing this as well. And uh, he spoke like a, a senior pastor. Already, you could just feel... I love the emphasis on grace and uh, on prayer and on honor which I think is exactly where we need to be and so uh, today I'm I'm going to be speaking a little bit more from my heart and I'll explain why but there is I, I just sense there's a beautiful sense of of unity in the place that we want to move forward together there's there's a sense of oneness and there God commands the blessing amen uh, so we're doing a series which really is close to my heart, and I know that Alyssa put the title together. We were going backwards and forwards as to what, how we should do this particular month, and it's called A Lifetime of Yes. Everybody say, A Lifetime of Yes. Um, you know, the Christian life is all about us saying yes to God. I mean, not just for a moment, but for a lifetime. And I I wanna apologize right up front if I'm gonna use a few more personal illustrations. Is that all right? Simply because I'm in the reflective mood at the moment. I'm reflecting uh, on life and the decades, and so it it just takes me to different places. For those of you who don't know, I grew up in an Italian church uh, in in Sydney and very much a tight community. Uh, We all knew each other. And to save money, what would happen is that everybody was rostered on a Saturday to clean the church. So every family, over a period of a year, once a year, we would clean the church. It was a big job, massive job. And I remember this particular Saturday we were rostered on. For some reason, uh, I remained after the big, you know, the big clean up, and I'm in the church. It's the afternoon and the sun is streaming through the tainted windows. And there's such a sense of God's presence. It was like one of those moments like I was unexpected. There's such a sense of God's presence in the place. And I just felt, you know when you're in God's presence, there's nobody else there, I could do whatever I wanted. And so I knelt down and there were benches in those, I just knelt down and I said these words, That's 48 years ago. I still remember as if it's today. I said, God, I don't know what you want me to do with my life. I don't know what you've got planned, where you want me to go, uh, what you want me to say, anything like that. But I want to let you know that whatever it is, I'll do it. It's a yes for me, in other words. It's a yes for me. And I kind of felt like the smile of God, it was like the favor of God on that moment. But I didn't know what that meant. Now can I just say something, that all of us need to come to that place. It's not just for pastors, it's just not for ministers, where you basically say, I don't know what you want me to do but my life is yours. And then let him figure out what the details are. A couple of years later, I knew that God was calling me to be trained for the ministry. And I thought at that time that God wanted me, so I'm 19 now, I was 17, now I'm 19. And I thought that God wanted me to go to Italy because I came from an Italian church, so go there to learn the language and understand the Italian culture. And I said, God, I'll do it, whatever. The only thing I possessed was a car, it was a Tirana. I said, I'll sell my Tirana, I'll leave my family, I'll do whatever you want. And so I'm ready to go, and on a technicality, the the, the opportunity closed it was a bit like god was testing me and god will do that sometimes to you he'll put something before you and it's like then he'll close the door and say i'm just testing you and so i let it go two years later i find myself in commonwealth bible college and i'm studying there for the ministry a little did i know that god was preparing my future wife she was already there i didn't know and you know the one with the red lipstick <laughs> the one with the earrings that I, I, I remember when i saw her i thought that is so unholy that is so so who is this who is this but she's good looking i said no it can't be and, and i still remember her walking into it, it was uh, the dining room and, and god you know the rest of it is history of course but as lois and i look back on our life it's been a, a constant series, not just once, but a constant series of saying yes to God. Yes to God, and it's been an adventure. It's like I never thought in a million years, this shy, you didn't know me, this shy Italian reserve boy that whenever the guests would come, I'd go hide in a room, you know, I just didn't want to, I didn't know what to say, and, you know, people say, you look, at, look them in the eye, all this. I never would imagine what God had prepared you know, God took me from from Sydney to Katoomba, and then that's where Bible College was. And then from Katoomba to Bowen, North Queensland, was there for a, a time pastoring. And then from from, uh, from Bowen to Kyneton, anybody know where Kyneton is? This little town, you know, just of 3,900 people and, and there for a while. And then from Kyneton to Melbourne, this church here, and then from Melbourne to different parts of the world as God has opened up, you know, different opportunities in different places. I would never have imagined that. But it was a yes that got me there. It was a yes to God. You know, your more is connected to your yes. Everybody say that. Your more is connected to your yes. If you look at the word yes... It's a very powerful word, very powerful word. A young man drops to his knees and in his hand he has a wedding ring and he looks at this beautiful girl and he says this word, these words, will you make me the happiest man in the world? Will you become my wife? And at the mo- for a moment she's shocked and he's waiting, waiting, And she says, yes. And his whole life has changed completely. How many had that experience? You're very quiet this morning. What's going on here? (laughs) Now, don't do that to me. What if you're getting sentimental or something? Just come on. It's all right, okay? And then a man says to his wife, if you want to marry me, would you be willing to move to Australia to leave your family and friends? And she thinks about it, says, whoa, that's a big cost. But that's exactly the question that my father asked my mother before she married, they got married. And now generations have been changed. Yes, yes. Every Sunday... There's, the gospel is preached, the good news of Jesus Christ. No matter what is preached, there's always an opportunity for people to give their lives to Christ. And there comes that moment where we say, around these words, are you willing to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and Lord? You may have grown up in the church, but have you given Him your life? Have you received what He did on the cross for you? And there's that moment. There's a pregnant moment. Eternity is in the balance. The spiritual conflict is taking place. The Holy Spirit is working overtime and then suddenly somebody slips their hand up. And then another one, and then another one, and then another one. And all of heaven rejoices because a son and a daughter has come back home. Yes, yes, I'm coming. Yes is such a powerful word. In fact, the power of yes is everywhere in Scripture. Jesus said yes to the cross, and he brought salvation to us. Noah said yes to building the ark, and he saved a remnant of people. Moses said yes. We had Moses this morning, not that one, the other one. Moses said yes. Let my people go, God says. And the exodus began. David said yes to fighting Goliath. And God was preparing the next king over Israel, the greatest king they've ever had. Esther said yes to appealing to a tyrant king. And the nation of Israel was saved because she stepped up. Mary, we talked about it or sang about it this morning, said yes to becoming the earthly mother of Jesus. And the Savior was born. The disciples said yes. To follow come, follow me. They said yes, and they became the leaders of the early church. Ananias says, yes, here I am, Lord. To speak into Saul, the persecutor of the church. And even though he was hesitant, and and Paul becomes the greatest apostle on the face of the earth. When God, listen to me, when God says yes, and you say yes, Supernatural things happen. Say that to somebody next to you. When God says yes, and you say yes, supernatural things happen. Yeah. We used to sing a song many years ago. I was actually trying to teach the the, the worship team. They had no idea what what I was talking about. And and it it used to go like this. I'll say yes, yes, yes. I'll say yes, yes. Come on yes I'll say yes Lord I'll say yes Lord I'll say yes 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 really deep song isn't that but basically it's all about giving ourselves to God we need to be the kind of people who say yes many people are looking for an excuse to say no when God says yes but we need to be people who are looking for reasons to say yes not excuses but reasons a lifetime of yes remember this it's not how you start it's how you finish I was talking to a pastor friend of mine we we're having breakfast and he's, he's been serving the Lord for decades and I said to him there was an opportunity I said listen make sure you finish well huh it doesn't matter how many people in your church it doesn't matter how many campuses you got at the end of the day what you take with you is your integrity finish well with a good heart loving god loving people make sure you don't mess up and i want to make sure that i don't mess up let's both of us finish well and it was just one of those sobering moments because it's a lifetime of yes it's the way you finish not the way you start you know when i was in bible college I don't remember much about Bible. I'm sorry, Pastor Anthony, you know, I know you teach. I don't remember much about Bible college, but there are a few moments I do remember. And this is one of them. There was a lecturer, and he said these words. He looked at us. He was was, was actually a a very smart man, and he came from America, and he said, in 10 years, only 10% of you will be pastors. And I remember listening to him at that time, and I'm thinking, man, oh, you're just being overly dramatic. You're just, come on, you've got to be serious. But you know what? I look at my class, and I think he wasn't too far wrong. It may not have been 10 years, maybe 15 years, but as you see, it's not the way you start, it's the way you, everybody says, it's not the way you start, it's the way you finish. First Corinthians chapter 4, verse 2 says, Now it is required that those who have been given a trust to prove faithful. What's faithful? Faithful means that you finish what you start well. How many people want to finish well? You've got to finish well. And, and this is what it tells us here. You know, Jonah, we all love Jonah, but Jonah started well. He got the call of God upon his life. He must have been such a powerful preacher that he could turn a nation. This is how good this guy was. And and he started saying yes to God, but there came a moment where God said, I want you to go to Nineveh, and I want you to preach the message of of hope and repentance and get them to turn from their sin. And he said, he said no. No, he said no. And he ended up in the belly of of a fish smelling like seaweed and i don't want to be that kind of a person i don't want to end up in the dark smelling like seaweed i want to be a person that says yes to god now thankfully he turned around but it was a really tough time there recently i've been reading the epistles of paul and they're fascinating you should do it they're pretty some of them are fairly deep but you'll always find at the end of a letter of paul that he's thanking somebody He's thanking a person who stood with him in ministry, a friend, and he names them by name. It seems he knows all these people. If you add them all up, I haven't done it myself. There's 99 names. All these people that he he loves, and he's so close to. And one of those names was Demas. Everybody say Demas. Not demon, Demas. And he's only mentioned three times in the epistles. Do a study. In Philemon chapter 1, verse 24, he's called a fellow worker. He's a close worker of, he's a friend of Paul. He's a, he's a close worker. He's passionate. He said yes to Jesus. He will sacrifice everything to follow him. He's a good man, a really good man. And then in Colossians chapter 4, verse 14, it says this: Luke the beloved, say it with me, Luke the beloved doctor sends his greetings and so does Demas Demas. wow you know who Luke is Luke is the one who wrote the gospel of Luke he's a physician he's he's a historian he's he is a very well he's even well respected today amongst the secular historians he is a very intelligent man and he writes not only Luke but he also writes acts of the apostles to actually have your name next to Luke means that you are highly honored. I mean, that's a high honor. It says he brings greetings and so does Demas. But then four to five years later in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 10, we read these sad words. For Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world. What happened? happened to this man the tone of the language here if you look behind it he's extremely painful it broke his heart paul is saying i can't believe that he has wandered away from the faith my son in the faith my friend my colleague my my worker in the faith you know there's many joys in ministry I, uh, after you know just reflecting not just here but beyond the scope of these walls and one of the joys of seeing people give their lives to Christ I mean when somebody puts their hand up and it's more than putting their hand up but they actually become a follower of Christ I can't tell you the joy that brings to my heart I just look around I can see people who have made decisions or maybe you come back to God and it's fantastic to see that to see them then grow in their faith and, and to love the Word of God, to, to be in a prayer meeting and, and to be praying and, and, to, and to see them, God, do miracles in their life. I look around this room and I know some of you couldn't have children and God gave you a miracle. Even this week, we're praying for a man. Or actually, it was a couple of weeks ago. We're praying for a man. I thought, honestly, in the natural, he's going home to be with Jesus. He had every contraption attached to him but God did a miracle in his life. God almost like raised him from the dead. I can't, you know what, like sometimes I can't believe it. Well, I tell you, and to see God do miracles in people's lives and being restored after brokenness is amazing. Amazing. But one of the deepest sorrows for a pastor is to see somebody who said yes, was totally sold out to God. And now they say no, and they kind of disappear. It's like, where are they? They disappear. They've wandered away from the faith. Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world. What does that mean, having loved this present world? Well, it doesn't mean that we don't love the planet. I mean, God gave us the planet. It's not talking about that world. We are. How many of you know we're supposed to love the planet? We're like, God has given to us this planet as a gift and we need to be caretakers of it and we need to make sure that we look after it. Amen? Amen. And we, 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 God, we are not to destroy that. And it doesn't mean that we're, It's not talking about humanity, that we don't love humanity. No, no, no. God so loved the... That He gave His only begotten... So we're to love people. What is this talking about? Having loved this present world, it's talking about a system and values and priorities that are opposed or conflict with God's values and God's priorities. The Apostle John says it better than anybody else. In First John chapter 2, verse 16, it says, for, read it with me, for everything in the world, the, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life are not from the Father but from the world. There is a clash of kingdoms taking place and that's why jesus said to his followers seek first the kingdom of god and his righteousness and then all these other things the world the things that you need will be added to you jesus prays this prayer i do not ask that you take them out of the world in other putting he put us into a monastery if you want to go to a monastery but that's not what we're called to do but that you, read it with me, but that you keep them from the evil one. You are in the world, but you're not of the world. I'll say it again. You are in the world, but you are not of the world. Now listen, there's a lot of good things in the world that we should enjoy. We're not talking about being sad, sexy. There's a lot of good things that you can enjoy, but there are certain things, certain values and priorities that are inconsistent with our walk with Jesus Christ. They are the values that do not belong to the kingdom of God. In fact, the apostle John put it really well, and I'll summarize, you read his epistle. Basically, he says, if you say you love God, and you say you belong to God, then you will love the things that God loves. You will love the thing, and you will seek to please and to honor Him you see Demas thought he could have two masters but he had to make up his mind and then he made a choice and it was the wrong choice and sadly He never came back to God. We we have no record of him coming back. We're not here judging him, by the way. It's just for us, it is a caution to us that we need to have a lifetime of yes to make sure we don't fall for the allure of the world, the deception of riches for what you think is really important, and it isn't. It's deception. It's actually something that can take you completely off the route. A lifetime of yes. we've been in this church for 36 years and again a time of reflection there have been at least a couple of times you don't know this but now i'm going to share it with you there's been a couple of times at least where it would have been easy for lost i to say enough that's enough in the year 2000 just two years after we had taken on this church an unexpected crisis rocked is the word lois and i and to be perfectly honest had i known that this was coming i wouldn't have taken the church on but god knew sometimes god hides things from you by the way in the year 2014 is the year i call the year from hell the second half of it, because it really ended well because these two guys got married. (laughs) But I prayed a number of times this prayer. I said, Lord, all things are possible with you. The prayer of Jesus. If it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Lord, if there's an easier way, please, Lord, I don't want to go through this. And God but all said no. He said, I know it's unfair. I know you're not responsible for the storm. But it will bring clarity, closure, and healing to many people. And I said, Then let the will of God be done not my will but yours be done you see saying yes isn't always easy it's not the easy road but it's the blessed road it's the blessed road and i'll tell you this nothing was more instrumental of of, of, nothing nothing except maybe my marriage because that's where discipleship really takes place (laughs) nothing was more instrumental in my formation and my development than the year from hell nothing because it caused me to dig deeper into god and i discovered things that are real does the you know you can preach this word but does it work is god faithful is god good and i discovered yes he is does god give you the grace that you need yes he does Will God protect you if you uh, live with integrity in your heart? Yes, He will. Yes, He will. Even in front of others. However, having said that, it does not remove the culpability of those in past leadership for their actions. Now to lighten things up. In 1998, we're talking about a lifetime of yes, amen? All right. In 1998, I had the privilege for the first time to go into Europe. And i would never been to Europe. In fact, it was a trip to Israel that won't be to Europe. I, I went to Israel, and I have so many beautiful memories of Israel. You ought to go there if you can. I just walk where Jesus walked and just to see what he did. And then I linked in this this trip to Europe, and I went to Rome, and then went down to Sicily because that's where my mom and dad come from, and I thought it'd be just wonderful to connect with them. And for decades, I'd heard stories about my grandfather. He was, um, for those of you who don't, some of you have heard the story, others of you are fairly new, so I'll, I'll share it. He's a bit of a legend in our grandpa, grandfather Spinella. He's a bit of a legend in our family. And so I went to Sicily, and I thought, I just, I just want to, I want to see where he lived, you know, and I want to see where he walked, and I, and I want to see where, where, all these different places, I want to be there with, and, and uh, maybe pray where he prayed, and, and visit his gravestone, I want to pay my respects, I want to be there. And um, I tell you, when you go to, to uh, some of these old cemeteries, especially in different countries, it's impossible, they've got no records. It's like I'm trying to fight. There's no one oh, going all around, trying to find where his gravestone was, and it wasn't there. A bit of background about my grandpa, my, my grandfather, that's my father's father. In 1920, he went to America. He went from Sicily to America to make some fortune, to make some money, because Sicily was so impoverished. And he went there. He had a hunger for God. He wanted to know more about God. And, and God, through his providence enable a a charismatic evangelical to share the message of christ with him and he gets soundly converted and 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 a few a little bit time later he gets filled with the holy spirit this is 1920s and he stays in america for about 10 years and he makes uh, some money and and he's doing well and then one night as he's praying god gives him a vision and in that vision he sees a map of Sicily and God speaks to him and said, you are to go back to the, the country and the place of your fathers and forefathers and share the message of Christ. Now you are going to understand that's a really backward movement from an economic point of view. He's making it here, right? And so he's got two children that have been born in America. He packs up the whole family, off they go back into Sicily. And then for the next 35 years, this man which I wish I'd met him. This man preaches from house to house, from village to village, ostracized, criticized, threats of death, threats of harm, all sorts of different stories. In fact, I've got, a, I've got his story in Italian, and, and during the break, you know, that we have, I'm going to translate it into into uh, English so that the kids, my kids, will be able to uh, understand their heritage. And so he preached one time, he gets he gets thrown before the magistrates and they want to accuse him of all sorts it's all false, all trumped up it's really because he's preaching the gospel of Jesus he's got no representation, he's got nothing but God liberates him for 35 years he preaches the gospel I want to see his tombstone what does it say I finally found it it's right down the bottom, nothing flashed And it said these words: Uomo laborioso per il Signore. That's it. Do you know what that means? A man who worked tirelessly for his Lord. That's it. And when I read that, something got in my spirit. I said, That's who I am, too. I want that spirit. I want to be, I want to, be, and see this man, he not only did he start well, but he finished well. I said, God, I want to be somebody not just starts well. I want to finish well. The Apostle Paul said it this way, and Salvatore Spinella could say the same thing. I fought the fight. Read it with me. I finished the race. I've kept the faith. Well, Hebrews chapter 6 verse 12 we do not want you to become what you mean that Christians can become lazy can become ap- apathetic we do not want you to become shattered out lazy, lazy but imitate those who through faith and lazy. patience the other word to use there is endurance inherit what God has promised it takes faith and it takes endurance it takes courage to finish what god has given to you no matter what sphere you're involved in god says that's what i want you to do that's what it is you know somebody put it this way successful people do consistently what other people do occasionally and we overestimate what a person what can be done in a short period of time And we underestimate what can be done in a longer period of time. You see, there's compound interest. If you're just being faithful, you just keep on doing the same thing. You think nobody's noticing. Let me tell you, people are noticing. People are noticing what you're doing, and you're just faithful. And It's like compound interest. It adds one thing after another. Just keep faithful, and you'll see how many thousands of people your life can affect. You say, I'm nobody. Let me tell you. People are watching and I've been drawn to the Savior because of your life. Just keep, everybody say keep faithful. keep faithful. You know, I look over this church over a long period of time and it's been a church that's, it's, it's a lifetime of yes. Yes to pioneering a church in 1953 in the outskirts of Melbourne. You know, we talk about Preston, we laugh about that, but that's, that's, that's where it was. Yes to buying a church, first church in Preston without having any money whatsoever. Yes to renting the village cinema and reservoir that doesn't exist anymore, but because, why did they do that? They wanted to reach more people for Jesus. Yes to buying nine acres of land in flood prone. What do you do with nine acres of land, flood prone? What are you going to do with that land? I know you bought it. But what are you going to do? You can't build anything. But somebody had a vision. Somebody had a vision. Yes, to lifting the land by two meters, by 10,000 truckloads of dirt. Yes, to vo- volunteers working every weekend. They had no money, so here they are. Every weekend they're working. After work, they're coming, they're building, and they do a little bit, a little bit. took, took years to build. Yes, to multiple services. Yes, to encompass care here and right across the different regions. Yes, to preaching the Word of God in season and out of season, whether it's popular or whether it's not popular, whether people come or whether people don't come. It's the Word of God, and we preach the Word of God the way it is. Amen. Yes, it's the Word of God. That is our authority. That is our authority. Yes, to reaching the nations with the gospel of Jesus Christ more than ever before. Yes, to expanding the facilities that we have so thousands of people can hear the good message of Christ and have an encounter with God. Yes, to planting churches, whether it's Doreen or Craigie or wherever God leads us in the future. Yes. Yes, yes, yes to stepping out of the boat. And if I have any encouragement to you as the old senior pastor, keep saying yes. Keep saying yes to God. Let this be a yes church. A church that's not looking for excuses to say no, but they're looking for reasons to say yes to God. Now, I'm not saying that you shouldn't do your due diligence. I'm not saying you shouldn't count the cost because that's what Jesus told us to do, I know. But to have a spirit of yes. Saying, God, whatever you want us to do, we will do it because if you say it, that's all that matters. That's all that matters. There are hundreds and hundreds of stories are yet to be told in this church and in your life if you just say yes to him. That's all. You haven't even begun to see what God has in mind. I'll close with this. You know as we began to explain to people about our journey and we said that these are the reasons and we believe that God is saying that this this is an end of a season for you we emphasize something over and over so people would understand we're not we are what say it with me pastor John is not he is what Okay, so we said it, I think you're getting it. We're saying over and over, trying to get that point at, across. And of course, there's some guys in, the, in our staff who'd like to play, you know, they just like to play on this. Oh, Pastor John, congratulations on your retirement. <laughs> oh, I hope you enjoy your retirement. You know, just give them their 10 seconds of, you know, the, the 10 seconds of humour. okay. okay. But this is the promise that we lay hold of. In Psalm 92 verse 14, read it with me. The godly, they will still bear fruit in their old age. They will stay fresh and green. Say fresh and green. I don't know if it says the rest of it up there. Did I put it there? (laughs) I knew you were laughing, us, so I didn't know if I put it in. Another translation says they shall become fat and flourishing, but I don't know if I like that, but I like the fresh and cream. My jacket still fits me. Here. I might move a bit slower, but not without purpose. I can't work 14 hours a day, 16 hours a day when I was this young man's age, but I can move with purpose and fulfill the will of God. And I am extremely thankful to God for what He has done. I am, I absolutely absolutely am. What He has done has been, you know, you take certain things with you, And, and I just love the way, I've never heard it put that way, by the way, Pastor Jason, it's very insightful what you said last week, it says there's a difference between honour and glory, I've never heard that, actually, all the glory goes back to God, of course it does, of course it does, well who are we, what do you have that you have not been given, what do we have? Nothing, what do you got to boast about, what gift do you have? Nothing, it's all of God's, of course you got to give Him glory, if He takes it away from you, you've got nothing, nothing. But the Bible says also that we have to honor, and we, we do feel very, very honored. And we're also very honored by the beautiful people in this church who've stood with us for many, many years. I was just talking to Lois this week, and, and uh, we said, such and such a person in the church. How long have they been in the church? We just sort of, oh, they're probably six years, seven years. No, I said, no, it's longer than that. Ten years? No, no, they were there when we did the building program. How, 15 years, oh my goodness, 15, they've been here 15. It feels like yesterday they came. And we got people like that all over the place and you've been here for 15 and 10 and however long and we're very, very grateful to God. But you know, when I reflect on this season in my life, I go back to when I'm 17. And I'm in the church again my old church this is my season it's the afternoon the sun is streaming through the tainted windows and there's an intense sense of God's presence and I'm kneeling before the Lord and it's the same words nothing's changed Lord, whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. I'm 65. I was 17 before. A season has closed. Whatever you want me to do, all of my life, with every breath that I take, I will live for you. and I sense the smile of heaven I sense the favour of God I don't know I honestly don't know people ask me what are you going to do we're very excited about it. I don't know but I kneel before him my Lord and my saviour and I'll say I am yours here I Am you find that in, in scripture everywhere. Here I am. Samuel. Here I am. Ananias. Yes, Lord. Here I am. That's my journey. That's your senior pastor but if that's in your heart as well you say all of my life I don't want to be dissuaded or be taken out by the world all of my life until my very last breath I will serve the Lord whatever that may be I take you into that old church. Are you ready to say, here I am? With everybody with their eyes closed. If that is you, don't look around. If that's you, I want you to stand slowly to your feet and lift up your hands before God. Stand to your feet. Don't look around, just... Don't look who's standing, who's not standing. Here I am. I can do no other. Said Martin Luther, God help me. All of my life, until my very last breath, I will serve the Lord whatever you want me to do my life is yours I give my life to you nothing else is worth living for for me to live is Christ to die is gain here I am Why don't you say that? Here I am, Lord. My life is yours. All of my life, till my very last breath, I will serve the Lord. Lord, we don't want to be taken out. But the allure of this world, we never want to forsake you. We want to finish well. A lifetime of yes. A lifetime. A lifetime. Here I am, Lord. And here we are as a church. Let your spirit fall upon us so that we can do that which you ask us to do. Lord, we can't do it without your strength. We can't do it without faith. We can't do it without the empowering of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, fill us once again. Lord, fall upon the sacrifice. Lord God, the living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to you. Here, here I am. Here I am. Why don't you just have a conversation with the Lord? Thank you for the privilege of serving your Lord. What a joy. What a joy to live for you, to see your kingdom come, to see your will be done. What a joy. Lord, I bring this congregation before you. And I pray blessing and I pray favor upon them. I pray that the Lord will keep you. I pray that the Lord will strengthen you. I pray that God's favor, his smile will be upon your life. I pray that God will fight for you. I pray that God will provide for you. I pray that God will lead you, that he will direct you, that he will go before you, that you will see his kindness and his goodness and his favor and his faithfulness upon you and upon your family and upon your children and upon your grandchildren and upon your family. Lord, spread out, extend out, Lord God, to in all directions. I pray, oh God, your, 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 that they will be blessed of God. Lord, that you will show them the goodness of God in the land of the living. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Encompass Church. If today's message has impacted you and you want to give your life to Jesus, if you need prayer, or if you want to get connected to the church, please contact us at office at encompass.org.au. Never miss a moment by following us online. Search for Encompass Church on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.